your mama, she's been there for every day, right? And so she knows all the holidays. She knows all the traditions. She knows the things that you got as a little girl and, and the things that you wanted, the things that you loved, the disappointments, the challenges. And so when that gets cut off, it feels like the story gets fractured. That's Mandy Seda. About two years ago, she lost her mom. And she's here to talk with us about the holiday season and getting through that grief. How do you manage the heartache of a parent missing from the table, both for you and for your own children? And will you ever feel that magic of the holiday season again? Episode 5 of the So God Made a Mother podcast starts now. Hi, friends. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Mandy. Hi. Hi, ladies. Welcome. Hi. Guys, we are, uh, we are pumped to have our friend, Mandy Seda who is a beautiful author and she wrote a piece for So God Made a Mother. And I really feel like we are just, I feel like I've known you for years. I do too. Funny. Isn't it weird? It's like God knits people together and you don't even have to know each other for years on end, but the threads are there, right? I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. We're so glad. We're knitted. We're, I love it. We're so glad you're here. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm a middle-aged lady from the Midwest. Um, I work in vocational ministry full-time. I've been doing that the last 13 years. Um, and I write. I dabble. I do a little dabbling of writing. I'm a mama, so God made me too, just like you guys. Um, I'm married. We just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. You guys are so wow. cute, by the way. You're I know. Oh, well, when we're getting along, we're adorable, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> Some days. Thank you, though. You're so sweet. We did like a, a couple's photo shoot recently, and that was super fun. It felt very glamorous. Mm-hmm. Very, very glamorous. So, uh, yeah. So, right. And your kids? Work, mom. Okay. Okay. I'm at the back end of parenting, you mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. I have a 21-year-old, and mm-hmm. I just... Fresh off the presses, she turned 16 yesterday. We got her there. We got her to 16. These are big things. These are big, very big things. Very big things, y'all. Because don't you feel like you white knuckle it a lot? Oh my god! This is like a milestone comes, and you're like, okay, it's not like she just did it. Like we all just did. All all together. This is for all of us. Yeah, we got her to 16. (laughs) So yeah. So I'm at the back. I'm kind of in that season where. Because, you know, for a long time, you're just like sewing and you're sewing and you're sewing into your kids. And there really isn't a lot of output, you know, every now and then they say something or do something adorable, but sometimes they're just jerks. Right. And they're just (laughs) destroying the house and they're saying mean words and they're hitting. And, but then you get to the back end and you're like, oh, look at these like fully formed human beings. Mm -hmm. And you start to see them take shape and you like them. You want to go hang out with them. You want to be friends with them. You want to watch the good movies with them. You do. Yes, you do. You want to, you want to go see movies with them. You want to go have lunch with them. And that's like sweet stuff. That's a sweet spot to be in. So yeah. So I'm there. Praise God. I'm there. We are beyond grateful that you are in our lives and that you submitted a piece for our book. And we would love for you to read it. Yes. It is titled, My Mother's Gone, But I Still Need Her. And actually, before you read it, yes. maybe, Carolyn, we should we should talk about how we felt when this piece came in. 
Right. So when the submission came in, we had, Leslie, do you remember it was, oh, it was hundreds of submissions. Hundreds for of the, submissions. For the wow, really? I hundreds. did not know that piece of information. It's yes. yes. amazing. Over right. 500, I believe. It was. It was mm-hmm. upwards of 500. And wow, so you all did a lot of reading. Oh we my gosh. We do a lot of reading. That is true. Yeah, you we do. do. You a do. lot of reading. Um, but I remember when this one came in, there were a few of them, Leslie, that when we got to them, we would like message each other and go, yeah. oh my goodness, did you read Mandy's? Look at Mandy's or look oh. at this. Yep. Like you have to read the the intro and that's definitely- Tearing up already. Where, I know. Where I are we crying. putting it? It's already yeah. happening. Mandy, I can feel myself crying Mandy, too. It was so... I already am like tearing up. <sighs> well, I... be- because I remember how I felt the day that I mm-hmm. submitted that to you guys. It was literally, I think, seven days after my mom had passed away. Oh my goodness. So it was that I, fresh? Yes. Mandy, I don't think I yes. knew that. Yes. Because oh you guys, I think you wanted them by the 15th of September yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. She passed on the 9th. And so I took a few days and then we were in this kind of week long process of you, you planning services, you're processing everything. And I saw one of the emails float out from you guys, like, don't forget to get your submissions in. And I thought, oh, it's just not going to happen. You know, I just, there's just Mm -hmm. nothing that I can do to make room for this in the midst of all this chaos. And I felt really sad. And then a couple of days later, I just had this one, I think it was literally the very first line pop into my head and I started to type it down cathartically. And then I put it in that email and sent it to you guys. And it really was, when I say it was a part of my healing, I, it was like the start of my healing for sure. For sure. So, and I literally thought if it makes it great, if not, at least I did that. At least I got that out right Mm -hmm. onto something and left it there so that I could move to the next step of healing. Um, yeah. So I remember how I felt that day. (laughs) Can you read that for us? So the beginning, yes, and and guys, we'll set it up a little bit. Uh, Mandy, this, this piece is on her mama's passing and, uh, we might cry. This is, this is because we're already starting. So this is what we, this is what we do. If you want to, yeah. If you want to read a little bit about that, uh, of that, Mandy, we'd love that. I would love to. The day that I flew home to Omaha in late August, I was a twisted knot of shock and anxiety, fear, and heartbreak. The call had come just 12 hours earlier from my sister. Her voice caught at my greeting. Mom had a heart attack, she said, through tightly held tears. I was on vacation with my family, and I booked the earliest flight I could. As I settled into my seat, I ran through the scenario that I would likely encounter when I was seeing my mom in the ICU, the sterile hospital walls, the mishmash of wires and tubes, the beeps of monitors, the smell of bleach, the eyes of medical staff peeking over N95 masks. On the descent into Omaha, the pilot glided the plane through the bright blue sky toward my hometown. I watched the grid of land come closer as we passed through wispy clouds, and I knew in the innermost part of my being that I was flying home to plan my mother's funeral. I pushed the thought away. I certainly didn't dare say it out loud, not to myself or the family members I was communicating with. We kept operating under the assumption that after a long haul of hospital stays and rehabilitation, my mom would emerge to an existence that might look different, but she'd be alive nonetheless. 
or so my head hoped. My mouth spoke hopeful prayers, but my heart knew better. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't ever oh, apologize. Sorry. sorry. No. <laughs> sorry. That is, it's beautiful. And I don't know Thanks. what it is. It's like I can, when you, when you wrote this piece, I could see you in the plane. I could see you yeah. in the clouds. Coming and down. I, and I mm-hmm. felt it. I felt what you were feeling. And it's just, it's just beautiful, Mandy. And Thank so you. many, Thank so many Thanks. women know exactly what you are talking yeah. about. Yes. This. Yeah. Grief's for everyone, right? It doesn't, it doesn't pass by any of us untouched at all. Um, I just had a friend pass away very suddenly, very suddenly. And her daughter had received a copy of this book from her mom, my friend, for Mother's Day. And she, I had given her one that was signed and and wrote, you know, something sweet in there. And so she gave it to her daughter and um, she was like, you know, my friend wrote in this, happy Mother's Day. And then her mother ends up passing away a few short months later. And she read from this book at her mother's service. She was like- From your piece? Yes. Oh yes. my goodness. She was, I but just... but she was like, look at- <laughs> how much, how much, how connected we are in how this book, right? Not, I am just, how I connect- oh, I, I lost it. I was this like, you're podcast. me. How can you not see God in that? I mean, you did yes. not think you were going to yes. write that piece so no. soon after your mom died. And then look at that. No. Like that is- I know. Carolyn, I'm, I'm so honestly, grateful. Writing it so, so soon like that, Mandy, I know oh. that's hard in the yeah. moment because sometimes yes. you can go back and and process something and and you know oh i'm going to present what yeah. i want to say about this but sure. there's something about right when you're in it when you're yeah, in raw. it it is <laughs> and that so, so raw yeah people in a way that yeah. like you say how can you not see god's hand in that yeah. and just Absolutely. the way that that is touching so many lives that you don't even know right that you don't yes. even know. We yes. talk about this over and over and over again. And I am telling you, we always say it's so much bigger than us. And once again, it yes. just shows it right here on a, on a it does. morning. It does. I just, and I, I, I think about, I've heard you say, Leslie, everyone has a story, right? And everyone's story is worth telling. And it doesn't have to be glamorous or like noteworthy, right? Because everyone's story matters. And th- this book is proof that stories matter. Even the things that we think are mundane are important because they connect us together and they support and encourage. And it's it th- reading through this book feels like a pat on the back or like a side hug, right? With your friends. That's what it feels like when you read this book, like you're you're with your girlfriend. So that's why it's important for us to tell people's stories, yep. tell the stories. Right. Yep. Yep. And doesn't it, so. I think it opens up the door for you yeah. to talk to other yeah. women and yes, and really just share a piece of what you're going through to help, yeah. help them go through something. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the good, which is something we don't do that just like you know, no. sit down next to me, like, okay, tell me about yes. <laughs> yeah. And yet, I think, yeah, I said before, you know, but like the older you get, you're like, but I'd rather talk about that stuff in a way. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's that's what's real life. That's right. Life, it's right? what's real. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the human yeah. connection. And I long right. for that. We long for that. Yeah. So, can you tell us? We're talking about grief, and obviously, the rest of your piece talks yes. about how you deal with it a bit. The holidays yeah. are approaching. Oh, here they come. Yep. And mm-hmm. what do you 
how, how can you help people in this season yeah. as the holidays come and they're dealing with grief that might be fresh, but yeah. might be mm-hmm. yeah. years old, right? Cause it sticks with you, especially during those really important yes. seasons. It rears its head up every now and then. I always think of grief as like a chronic, but manageable condition. Like you're never going to get really healed from grief, right? It's just never going to happen. Uh, but just like any chronic condition, there are ways that you can make your way through it and make it a little easier to get through. I won't lie to you. It's brutal on the holidays because it just is so connected to every part of who you are. And there's something with, I would say parenthood in general, but specifically that motherhood connection of knowing that your mama knows she's been there for every day. Right. And so she knows all the holidays. She knows all the traditions. She knows the things that you got as a little girl and, and, and the things that you wanted, the things that you loved, the disappointments, the challenges, all the things. And so when that gets cut off, it feels like the story gets fractured and that now you have to reinvent all the things that were, it becomes a new normal. And so I think embracing that and knowing that you can't recreate what was is really, really helpful during the holidays. There is that longing to do that. You want to recreate what was, um, but sort of just staring that, that in the face and knowing it's never going to feel like that again, but it could feel like this. And this is good too. It's not the same. It's just a different good. And And I didn't know that the first year. I didn't know that. I just felt really sad at the loss um, because it did come so quickly after mom passed. But by year two, I thought, okay, well, we could just look at this as a new normal. And so that's been my goal (laughs) is to embrace the new thing because the new thing can be good too. It's just a different good. And something that I learned way back in my postpartum depression days, many years ago, 20 years ago, um, I remember God taught me something and that was that now is not forever. If you try to think of your current state and then make it applicable to every day thereafter, you will get overwhelmed and you won't be able to make it through the next day. You can't do it. And so I remember one day him sinking that truth into me, like, honey, now isn't forever. Today, this moment, this hour where you're sitting on the floor sobbing, that's not maybe the next hour or the next day. And I rem- he just like reminded me of that around Christmas time, the very first year that now is not forever. So I, sorry, <laughs> I'm a crier. <laughs> We're just I, sobbing, you guys. I just... <laughs> And so I, mean, I have Car- Carolyn's being calm for us. Over I'm here. holding it together. I'm holding Thank it all you, together. Thank you, Carolyn, for not crying because I can't look. And at it's not because right I have now. a cold heart. Let me tell you. I, I <laughs> no, you're very sweet. <laughs> uh, but it's but so. I. It's a mantra that I've really had to remind myself over the last couple of years. Like now, it's not forever. It's for everything. All the hard times we go through. Yeah. Right? Yes. Absolutely. If you find yourself in the midst of postpartum depression, grief, a divorce, um, a loss of a child, a job loss. I mean, there's just so many, it could be big or it could be small, but now isn't forever. Now is okay. forever. So a question related to that, then those first moments or those, the first times where you felt joy yeah. again, yeah. did you feel guilt with it? Yes. Or how, I mean, because yes. I can see, I'm just yeah. trying to put myself in that position yeah. to go, 
you know, the first time where maybe you found yourself sitting, laughing, enjoying something Did you? how did you feel? What, what happened? Oh yeah. It's brutal. It almost feels sacrilegious because you, you were in this, you know, when you, when you welcome a life in or walk them out, first breaths and last breaths feel holy, don't they? They feel really, really holy. And so you feel this sense of reverence in them that you need to sort of to sink into that reverence. And then any emotion that is outside that reverent box feels a little like sacrilegious, even though it's not, it's not at all. So you do feel guilty. I actually was just talking recently with some family members about the day that we were sitting in the ICU, we had turned off my mom's life support. And, you know, sometimes it takes days for someone to pass, which is a really brutal situation. And we were sitting in the ICU waiting room and my aunt Kelly was there who just recently passed away. Actually, my, it was my sister, my mom's sister. And she, um, she told a story that ended up being hilarious. And we laughed so hard in that ICU waiting room with tears running down our faces. And then there was like this kind of quiet moment after where I think we were all grappling with the the feeling of like, we shouldn't have done that, right? We should, oh, why are we laughing in an ICU waiting room? And then I don't know who it was, but someone said, no, we needed that. That was good. That was good. Like, because it reminds you that, um, that your life is not just this singular moment in time. You had lots leading up to it and hopefully you'll have lots after too kind of gets you out of that headspace of just yourself because <laughs> right. you can get so egocentric in moments like that, where you can't see anything else outside of that pain or that fear or that loss. And, um, but being able to see the other things is really important because it gets you up in the morning and right. it gets you to the next day and the day after that. And so, so, um, a little laughter will do you for sure. It's, oh, it's yeah. good. You'll feel guilty for sure, mm-hmm. but well, Keep it's a strange it, right? <laughs> feeling, right? When you're it is such yeah. an intense Mix of emotion, grief, and I—I yeah. I mean, I think yeah. all of us have yes. had, whether it's your mother, a, a sister, oh, yeah. a child, Grandma, you yeah, have such an intense yep. feeling mm-hmm. that you're going through that that almost everything is heightened. Yeah. And I—I I can remember a time in our family yeah. when we lost. Um, I had a niece who died when she was ten, oh, and it was yeah. sudden and. And that week in between where she had passed away and then we were having a funeral and it was like such a strange, but almost beautiful time Yes, where you kind of looked around at the world through such different eyes Yes, thinking how, first of all, how is it still spinning? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Because you feel like it came to a halt. To reconcile, right. And then you see the way that it spins differently and with a yeah. little more beauty and it's it's a yes like you say it doesn't erase the pain but it it yeah. kind of it just Changes makes it, it somehow manageable yeah. or somehow yes. and I always think too I it points you I think to God and just the yeah the way that yes to manage all of that I couldn't do that you couldn't, right. I couldn't no. do that on my own, no. you know, no. the commu- and the community he gives us in those yes. moments and the family, everything. Yeah. It's- yeah. Which is uh, vital, vital. Yeah. If you don't have it, it's hard to make it there. Um, my pastor actually at church talks about when those moments happen, it's like a thin space, like heaven comes and like butts right up against mm-hmm. earth. And it becomes this thin space where you can almost feel, you can sense God, right? Like he's always there, but there's an extra closeness when you're in those yep. moments and you're Gosh, right. You I get, 
So if you get new lenses to see the world differently, he gives you this sight that's really new and it's precious. It's holy. Yeah. How did you help your kids through it? It's a balance, right? Of I'm here for you, but I don't want to crowd you either. I have one verbal processor and one not verbal (laughs) processor. So I was kind of trying to manage those things, you know, talking with them or giving them space um, and then just letting them do it on their own. I kind of just gave them the freedom to, um, you know, do do you want to come to these family things? Do you not want to come to these family things? What what would be helpful to you? What would be um, uncomfortable to you? Um, They did come to my mom's services, but I had no expectation of them to like stand in a line and shake people's hands. And I thought if they want to sit in that pew right over there and just be by themselves for three hours, that's a okay with me because I don't have any advice on how they should process their grief because I don't even know how to process my own grief at all. Um, And then I think just showing vulnerability in front of them. I remember one day, um, it was, I think the day before my mom finally, no, I think it was before we turned off her life support and my younger daughter who just turned 16 um, came into the room and I was just a mess because I had a sudden realization that it it was coming to this. Like I knew, I knew what the doctors were going to say. And so I was just a mess. And she said, mom, are you okay? And I just said, no, and just started crying. And she, and this is my, my nonverbal processor. She's a keep to herself kind of girl, but she came and gave me the biggest bear hug. There was something really precious in being cared for by your child because right. in your mind you think I do the caring right but you need it you need it when you're in grief like that take it where you can get it I think <laughs> though what you your just, 14 year old kid. right what you said right there about being vulnerable though yeah I think yeah if we could all be a little more as yes. I'm sobbing vulnerable yes. in our everyday lives wouldn't this world just yeah. be a better place yes. like if you just yeah. aren't afraid to break down that wall a little bit Absolutely. and tell people how you really are in the moment that yeah. other person is going to do the same thing like this is totally this is how yeah. we come together right yes mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> I can see myself sitting in the room with her and that that memory is like burned into my mind as sort of like a really precious experience that I had with her in the midst of just utter devastation. And so you're right. You know, stoic is old. It's no good. Let's get, let's <laughs> doesn't get work anymore. On. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> and what a dichotomy though, too, where you, your daughter, because you yes. are a daughter. That's another yes. thing. That I think oh my you, gosh, Carolyn. you are a daughter. Yes. <laughs> and to have that, that yes. both ends of that yeah. experience. I, yes. yeah. Yes. Cause you're always going to need a mother. You're always, <sighs> even in my mothering, I need a mother. Right. Yeah. And even in her daughtering, she is, <laughs> she's in need of a mother too. And so it was just kind of one of those interesting moments where everything got swirled up together and somehow it made sense, which is, I don't know how it works, <laughs> but God does. God, God does. How it works. Right. Yeah. Bigger than us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, friend. You guys still well, well, we're feeling all the things. Have, you, have you gotten all the tears out? <laughs> no, <I feel> I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad we don't, we don't share very much video because you can see my, my mouth is like, <laughs> mascara I'm, like I'm trying to like gracefully wipe snot. I, used, and, I already know. used my it's sleeves, okay. the tissue. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, All right. But so if you had one piece of advice to give someone who maybe is is listening in and either yeah. has had a loss recently, maybe lost lost a mother, lost yeah. someone close, it doesn't matter who. What is yeah. your advice as yeah. especially with these holidays heightening everything? When you are walking through something that is going to require healing, run to the resources and the support and the help, but take your time in the healing, get to the, get to the thing that's going to get you healed as fast as you can. So whether that's support groups, it's a community of people, um, you may need to seek counseling, whatever it is, churches are, you know, a great resource for that, but then don't feel like there's any sort of a timeline on how long that's going to take you. So get to the resources as quickly as you can. Um, and then just know that there's grace in, in, the healing part of it. Um, we're entering year three here and it is still really hard sometimes. Um, but I don't feel a sense of urgency to get healed. And I don't think anyone else should either because I just, it's a chronic condition, right? It's, it's going to rear its ugly head sometimes. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Thank you, Mandy. This was beautiful. And do you want to tell people where we're having me? where they can find you on the internet. Yes. <laughs> on handyworkofgrace.com. And I have a Facebook page too, Handiwork of Grace. And we'll put Love those it. details in our show notes too. We will. <laughs> and Mandy, uh, the fun thing too, is we've been doing more kind of speaking engagements for the book. Yeah, it's like and wild. <laughs> Mandy's showing up at these things, which I love. We, we're doing a lot of panel discussions Yes. so fun. And I think we're going to continue oh, to do so that fun. as this So God Made yeah. a Mother brand comes on. So, uh, so you can you can see Mandy with us in those as well. Uh, we'll listen, if y'all things. are there, I'm there. I'll go wherever you I love go. it. And let me tell <laughs> you, you go, she, is, I'll go. she is a delight. Oh, <laughs> you guys are so fun. We just need to get <laughs> Carolyn down from the Dakota of the North. That's what from we need basically to Basically in Canada. South Canada. Yeah, they make fun Canada, of me all the time. Mandy, they make fun of me all the time. We love our Canadian friends. But she is very close to the Canadian border. She says things like bake. She does. (laughs) Listen, we eat hot dish and we're not ashamed. Cancer rolls. We call those. No. You're wrong, but you're you're wrong, but I love you. (laughs) I love you, Karen. All right, guys. Until next time, the world needs your story. The world needs your story. (laughs) 